It's Tuesdays with Aaron. Here's Jason Wildey with Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers on ESPN Wisconsin. It is the Aaron Rodgers Show. Tuesdays with Aaron with Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Our pseudo-season finale we'll do today's show and then He'll head back to Parts Unknown, and then we'll uh, we'll do a show. We'll get a hold of him. We'll get him on the horn and talk to him uh, from those Parts Unknown after the Super Bowl. But for now, he is live and in color. Aaron, how are you? Well, I'm uh, settling in slowly to the unfortunate offseason. Yeah, I don't think you were expecting it to uh, start at this juncture. Before we talk about what you're... Uh, what the process is, the the stages of grief. There is some breaking news today. Uh, ben McAdoo, your quarterbacks coach, who has been courted before, or at least we're going to was going to interview for a couple of coordinator jobs. That Mike McCarthy prevented that from happening with Tampa a couple of years ago, and with Joe Philbin down in Miami. Uh, we all thought that maybe he was a perfect fit in Miami, and maybe it still will turn out to be the case with the uh, Dolphins firing Mike Sherman. But multiple reports saying Ben McAdoo will interview for the head coaching job of the Cleveland Browns. When you found that out today, what did you think? I sent him a text. I said, uh, "I said, uh, make sure you put me down as a reference. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just a little, uh, a little pro-athlete joke there. A little, a little um, interviewing humor. Yeah. But uh, I'm happy for Ben. Uh, any opportunities he gets, he deserves. He's a guy that works extremely hard. Uh, you know, we had a long talk yesterday, and uh, just continue to echo the things that uh, I felt about him and appreciated about him. Uh, you know, he's a guy who really puts the time in. He's got an incredible work ethic, and I think he's really worked hard to uh, to become a better coach uh, in the time that we've spent together. And uh, a guy who I really trust and uh, and appreciate for his approach and the way that he makes sure that uh, his guys are prepared. So, you know, and I, I told him this, actually, I'll share this. Um, you know, I said when uh, when there was an opening as Tom, as Joe left and Tom moved up, you know, I said I, I thought that, you know, having a guy who played a position w- was right for me at that point. But uh, I told Ben this yesterday. I said, uh, ultimately, I I need and have always needed a guy who gets me prepared every week and can give me the opportunities uh, to reach my potential. And Ben did that every day the last two seasons for, for me and the other quarterbacks in the room. And uh, it was fun to see his personality even continue to come out this year uh, as we became closer and as, as he uh, uh, you know, just allowed himself to, uh, to relax and be comfortable in those rooms. And it helped having a great quarterback room. Uh, with uh, with Seneca and Scott and Matt, um, it was uh, I know a lot of fun for him and a lot of fun for us as well. So what was it that changed things? Because you were skeptical initially as a tight ends coach moves over to coach you, coming off of a MVP season. Was it on a personal level? Was it you didn't realize just his coaching style, and you got to you got to see him up close then? What what created that kind of evolution in your relationship? Just spending time spending time together. I think. You can't help but respect Ben. Uh, you know, the more time you spend with him, because he really cares about his job, and uh, he spends a lot of time there. Uh, he puts a lot of effort into our uh, reminder stuff. He listens when you when you talk. 
He asks good questions. He understands uh, the nature of certain conversations, which need to stay in the room, which need to be filtered up the chain of command. And uh, you know, I just think you know, he's a guy who who wants to learn, and uh, and really takes to heart uh, um, the things that I say, the things that, that he hears from Tom, and and really tried to become a better quarterback coach every day. And he did. You know, I think he's a guy who really understands scheme and preparation and how to install plays. I think he did a great job uh, the last couple of years installing the red zone. And you saw him in front of the room every week. And uh, every week he got more comfortable. He put more into his presentation. More of his personality came out. There were jokes. There was uh, an ability to control a room. And uh, obviously, you know, the, the people who are interested in him for a head coaching job uh, haven't seen that, but to me, that's an important quality of a head coach: is the ability to, to control a room uh, with your speech, uh, with the uh, humor when necessary. And uh, he proved it every day that he was uh, a very prepared coach. And uh, I'm happy for him getting opportunities. Last thing about Ben before we talk about the season and the game: um, what would it mean to you if he does leave let's say he doesn't get the browns job and he goes and is the offensive coordinator in miami uh you had mike sherman tom rossley and daryl beverly rookie year but then you really had tom and and joe philbin for a long time um now if there was to be a change i don't know if alex van pelt who's been a quarterback's coach would slide over not sure what mike mccarthy would do but what would that do to to have another change at this point in your career well i think i'm getting to the point in my career where um, again, I need someone who can uh, continue to give me the, the things I need during the week as far as preparation and uh, make sure that uh, they stay on on me as far as fundamentals. But, uh, you know, I think it's more of a tandem, uh, you know, cooperation between the quarterback coach and myself and, the, you know, helping out the young guys. I think that's kind of uh, my legacy as a, as a teammate is, is helping out the young players. And I know that, you know, Tom... Uh, Tom was instrumental in my development. Uh, ben, you know, helped me out a lot as well, and wanted to help uh, the young players out. He did a great job with Scott this year. Um, you know, you as a quarterback coach, I think you really want to uh, develop young talent. And if you have a, a talented guy who's an older player like myself now, be in my tenth season next year, um, you know, I think it's more about getting that guy ready to play and giving, giving him all the necessary uh, looks and preparation and conversation that uh, that I need before uh, game day. Well, let's talk about the game and the disappointment of, of losing to the 49ers again. They've now beaten you four straight, twice in a row in the playoffs. You've got a few days now from the game itself. What's kind of the morning process for you? Well, it's disappointing. It's, it's always frustrating in your season, especially at home. Great opportunity. Our defense played well enough for us to win. Uh, we didn't score enough points on offense. Uh, that's what, what we look at. What I look at is, is the performance I I had wasn't good enough to win. I put a lot on my shoulders. The team expects uh, greatness out of me every week. They didn't get it on Sunday, so uh, I am disappointed about that. Um, we made some plays. We got back in the game. And we took the lead. And then we had a, another big drive to put points on the board. I felt good about both of our fourth-quarter drives. Uh, didn't think our, that would be our last drive of the season there, uh, getting down there and, and kicking the time field goal. But uh, it is frustrating uh, to watch uh, those last uh, five-plus minutes or six minutes, whatever it was, on the clock and, and uh, not be able to do anything and then uh, to see them celebrate on the field. That's, that's frustrating. 
but we're always going to look at uh, offensively what we could have done better. And if you'd have told uh, our offense before the game that our defense was going to hold them to 23 points, I think everybody in there would have said that uh, we're going to win that game. What's the feeling like as as you are helpless? You know, you say that you didn't think that was going to be your last drive of the season. Well, that ball sails through the uprights and through Devon Ouse's arms. Um, what's that feeling that you didn't, you couldn't get the ball back, you couldn't, you know, whatever it might be, make up for not doing as much as you wanted to earlier in the game, have a chance to win the game, whatever? It's it's difficult. You're obviously pulling for your guys. We had some opportunities on that drive to. Uh, to make some plays, and, and that's what uh, playoff football is all about. It's about making the plays that are that are there to be made, doing your job every every down. And uh, we could have put our defense in a little better situation had we gotten seven on the board there and, and made them uh, have to score a touchdown to win the game. Uh, but we didn't get that job done, so it gave them some opportunities to do some run pass options, and ultimately we uh, couldn't get the ball back. What's your feeling as you look big picture at the season I, you kind of mentioned it after the game. Um, I would think that a lot of the disappointment is you feel like you're back, Randall's back, the pieces are coming together for you to go on a run. So ultimately, do you take pride in how you guys fought back, especially after the time that you missed with your injury, or is it just kind of an empty feeling? How do you view the season as a whole? Right now it feels pretty empty because we're we're so close to it. Uh, there's still something special. Uh, about uh, about the way it ended in the regular season, I actually just saw Randall, and it's hard. Uh, we were both at Barnes and Noble. Uh, You're big there. I I, I, I wanted to get some uh, off-season reading. Obviously, we haven't talked about any uh, um, New Year's resolutions, but uh, well, that's because last year you didn't do a very good job of reading all the books you wanted. To read. I know. Well, this year is a new year. I'm <laughs> a new resolution. Mostly through one, I just picked up another one, and I'm going to see uh, see if I can. Uh, do two books a month. Really? Yes. I, I have about 50 books in the stack that need to get read. They, are, uh, they aren't going to read themselves, so it's going to... Well, they could read themselves. Off. You could get, like, the audio version. <laughs> That's true. But I'm, I'm going to have some uh, some mileage and some planes coming up, so good chance to uh, to read as long as I'm uh, uninterrupted. But, uh, you know, what? I, I will say, I know this is going way off the subject here, but... It's your show, buddy. Um, Explosions in the Sky. I've talked about that band before, I believe. Excellent uh, book uh, when you're reading. No words. Incredible music. It's almost, the music is almost too good at distracting. Wait, so you? So this is what we should listen to while we're reading. Explosions well, it's in the Sky. Too distracting because the music is too good. But it's often my. Uh, my you're head. reading music. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Well, there you go. On a, on a plane, so if there's other noise and stuff, you can still focus and you can have that amazing music and then get into your book but i was talking about randall every time i see randall i can't help but think about uh with a smile the uh the memories there to end that the chicago game i think we're going to look back at that and be proud of how we finished but uh, obviously think about what could have been uh, with the number of injuries that we had and then the opportunity we had to host a home playoff game and to, to win that football game when, when you when you take the long view of it does that make it your most difficult year because of your injury because of the feeling that maybe it was coming together late because of how you got into the playoffs does it ma- i mean even more difficult maybe than 2008 when you went through the transition and people not being very nice to you and not having a lot of success this is one of my proudest years i've ever been a part of and i'm uh, proud to be a green bay packer um 
battled through some uh, some injury stuff that was tough. And uh, I hope my teammates would say that uh, through the process that I was a good teammate and, and I still, uh, you know, gave a lot to the, the weekly plan and, and to game days. And um, I think that's the, the mark often of a teammate is, is during adversity, how how do they respond. So uh, I hope my teammates would say that. I hope Scott and Matt and Seneca would say that I helped them as much as I possibly could and um, tried to be a cheerleader, tried to be a voice of, of calm and, and reason at times on the headset, and uh, then got an opportunity and, and was proud to be able to uh, give us a chance in the second season. And uh, that's why I'm disappointed here that we uh, didn't make more of that. How do you feel physically? How's your collarbone? How's whatever else might be ailing you? Because no one's ever 100%. You yeah, like collarbone's feeling good. I obviously just had two games instead of uh, 17 in a row, um, you know, to wear on me. But uh, this is going to be an important off season uh, for me to to come back, and um, I'm going to set some really high uh, expectations for my physical conditioning. Um, starting this year, I'm going to be 30 uh, as we start the season. That's a first obviously uh but i'm expecting to uh to be in uh, phenomenal shape come uh come august and i expect big things out of our team we need to improve both sides of the ball but uh there's a lot of tough decisions coming up with some free agents and uh but i i control um, the shape that i'm in and my mental status and i'm gonna be ready to play and i'm gonna be in good shape let me ask you one follow-up to that um because the popular opinion, since it wasn't their collarbone, was, well, why doesn't he play earlier? What's the risk? If he breaks the collarbone, all he's missing is the off season. Explain to, to that segment of the population why the off season is so important. Because what you just got done saying would indicate to me that whether you're healthy or coming off of an injury, it is absolutely vital to the success you then have in the season. You have to be a self-motivated person. I heard a great quote recently that said that uh, you can't necessarily motivate people, but you can inspire them. Uh, motivation has to come from within. And the best players in this league, the guys that last the longest, are self-motivated players. And you have to put in the time in the off season. You have to put in the time after work during the season. Uh, and the off season is very important. I think what most people didn't understand about this injury is it's not just a displacement. If you if you re-injured, it's a displaced uh, collarbone, and you have a surgery and a plate inserted three months later. No, that's not. Uh, that's that's like in some perfect dream world where there's Elysium able to heal it in a certain time time frame. There's a lot of complications that could have come with it. Uh, the rehab is more like five months, which puts you missing organized t- uh, team activities potentially, or at least IPWs and workouts. Um, and then you have the um, the complications with the, the plate being in your collarbone. There's still opportunity for um, non-union where the bone doesn't necessarily come all the way together. There's you you could have. Uh, um, you could have injections. You could have a reaction to the injection. You could. Uh, These are all things Doctor McKenzie told you. This is what you're sitting through in those meetings. Yeah, there's there's that and more. Um, and we were, you know, we were handcuffed by the weekly scan that we saw, which did not show um, a healthy uh, a healthy bone yet. So uh, it was as frustrating. It was. I can promise you, it was more frustrating for me than any fan out there or any teammate or coach because 
nobody wanted to be out there more than I did. And uh, nobody is as competitive as I am. Uh, you can ask my friends that. Um, so it was really difficult. But ultimately, we were able to get back on the field and um, have some fun again. Yes or no answer. Is your collarbone 100% healed right now today as you sit there? I can't give you a yes or no answer because I haven't seen the uh, the scan, but we... Uh, was it 100% healed when you went back out there against the Bears? I was cleared, yes. That's not a yes or no answer. I don't, I don't, that, I don't think that answer pertains to this conversation at this point. <laughs> okay. Um, you know, you say this well, every... I don't even know what 100% is. Like it was before it broke. Maybe it wasn't 100% then. Okay. okay. I was 100% cleared. Okay. That's uh, all that matters. Uh, all righty. Uh, you always say that the team is different every year. You've got you mentioned seventeen unrestricted free agents on this team. Uh, James Jones, who apparently was playing with broken ribs, we find out today. I think Lori Nickel has that story in the Journal Sentinel. You knew that 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 was that was something you were aware of. That's the rumor. <laughs> um, he's one of them. There's a there's some pretty significant names on there. Your buddy John Kuhn. A lot of guys on defense. Sam Shields. Sam Shields, BJ Raji. Um, I know every team is different. You've said that to us every year we've done this. But um, are you a little bit apprehensive about how different 2014's team could end up being? I'm not apprehensive. No, I trust our leadership. Um, I think a lot of a lot of really good things um, happen this season. We had a lot of guys step up and and play big roles for us we found out uh you know which guys we can win with which guys are players and and i think you know what areas we need to uh to get better at um we had a rookie uh rookie left tackle step in and play a really good season for us and that gives us a lot of a lot of hope for the offensive line we had almost the same starting lineup uh, all season up front which we hadn't had in a long time we had some incredible play from our interior three, uh, the core of our line, which is Josh, Evan, and, and TJ. Those guys had uh, incredible seasons. David obviously has maybe the toughest job every week playing against uh, some incredible pass rushers. Uh, and then he had uh, some, some solid play at right tackle from Don. Uh, so we got Brian Balaga coming back into the mix next year. Uh, we obviously need, need to, and I know we will. Uh, you know, we draft guys. We give them second. And third contracts around here. Uh, there's some guys deserving of some contracts, and um, I know that uh, Ted and Mike are going to bring back the uh, the players that they think can uh, can help us win. Uh, Evan is one of those free agents as well. How how important is that center quarterback relationship? Very important, and I'm very proud of Evan uh, the way that he's played this season. Uh, had a conversation I go back to from time to time with him. Uh, years ago at St. Norbert's, as we were walking past each other, I was on the way to the to the cafeteria, and he was heading back to his truck to head back over to the stadium. And I just challenged him that this was a great opportunity and that he could really set himself up to be um, a long-term guy here uh, with a solid performance in training camp, and he, he did that and more. And uh, he's got a great demeanor. He's a very strong, athletic guy. Um, he's very consistent, as he would say with his uh, snap when I wasn't looking last week, uh, how <laughs> how perfect that was. But uh, in all seriousness, he's a very intelligent guy who had a very good season for us, and I'm, I'm proud of him and his development. 
and uh, I hope that he's around for a long time. Two more things, and then we'll go inside the helmet and then do our Ask Aaron questions. Um, we've been talking on the shows that you don't do on ESPN Wisconsin uh, a little bit about the window because you made the comment you've played nine years, you'd like to play nine more. Um, you've been to the playoffs five times, four times you've ended up losing the game at the end. Um, how do you view this team's window? I don't. I, I know you don't want to put it in in Aaron Rodgers' window, but you're 30 years old now. You play nine more years. I don't know how long you feel like you'd be on top of your game in those nine years, but... Nine. Okay. Um, if I was playing nine, I'd be yeah. on top for nine. Um, how do you view kind of just where this team is at going forward, and, and is that something that enters your mind, that, hey, I, I was on a Super Bowl-winning team in 2010, and now we've had three years of disappointing endings. We need to get it back on the upswing here yeah i think we all want that i think i think this is the end of a window and in the beginning of a new one i i I think this is uh you know this is a year where we can really open up a new window that can last for four or five years uh, that looks really bright i think if you look at the um you know the, the core of our team our offensive line is looking the way that we want it the uh the receiver group looks incredible. We got a big time back, and Eddie. Not sure what James Starks will do, but uh, you know the used car salesman's coming back. The used car salesman's coming back. Um, you know we have a lot of things that are setting up to be really good for a long time. A lot of really good young players with Sam and Micah Hyde and Casey when Casey comes back, and Morgan Burnett and Sean Richardson and and uh, veteran guys playing well. AJ had his best season. Um, Clay, Pickett, Raji, Johnny Jolly coming back to the mix. I, I think this window has a chance to open up and be really uh, bright for you know four or five years when you can get guys signed and 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 keep them around. And, and my contract is for six more years. Um, you know, I expect to be playing well at a high level for all six of those years, uh, and then see what happens after that. Maybe. You know, I'll, we'll be able to go another three or four or who knows. But I, I think that this organization understands that uh, we have a chance to be great and contend. Uh, we just need a couple more pieces. Let me ask you about those pieces because Tremont at his locker yesterday, as everyone was cleaning out their lockers, uh, one of the things that he talked about with us was – that there's a value in having veteran players. This is not a team that, you know, it's draft and develop. You don't sign outside guys. Uh, we were having the conversation this morning that Charles Woodson probably would have helped this team this year, uh, and I think he probably would have liked to have been a part of it. But do, do you feel like that there's a, a void there in terms of veterans? Is that something that, you know, you're you're holding out? I know you're not the GM, but you'd like to see maybe a, a little more of an influx of of older guys, or, or or is this just the way things are, and that's how how it's going to operate around here? Well, we all t- we all trust the judgment of Ted and his staff and Mike, um, but it, you know, as an older player, you understand the importance of having guys who've been there, done that, who have the credibility, who have the leadership ability, and I think that uh, it never hurts to to have more guys like that, or at the same you know uh, at the same accord, you know making sure that our veteran guys who are still playing at a high level 
are given the opportunity to stick around and continue to be a part of the Green Bay Packers. You, you mentioned Johnny. I know how close you guys are. He hasn't talked a lot about his injury. Is the feeling that you'll see him on this team? He's a free agent too, but between his contract and his injury, you guys still have hope? Yeah, we do. Johnny is, uh, has been an incredible teammate through some difficult circumstances, came back, played at a high level, brought some incredible energy to our team and leadership that we desperately needed. And uh, he's a guy who I pulled for when he wasn't here, and I'm going to continue to pull for as he is here that uh, that he always wear the green and gold. Let's go inside the helmet, talk about a few of the plays that happened in the game on Sunday. The Packers lost to the San Francisco 49ers. You mentioned pretty sternly that you didn't feel like you played well enough to win. Um, how do you view the slow start? They outgain you 118-6. to uh, You didn't have any completions on your first three possessions. I know you love it when people criticize you for holding the ball too long. There might have been some instances where people viewed that. You also talked about the coverage that you were facing and how well they covered without your cousin Carlos uh, being active. How did you? Uh, how do you view that portion of the game? Yeah, it's a bad start. Very, very slow start. Uh, we didn't execute very well. Uh, we had some opportunities, and you know we didn't throw it well. We didn't catch it well. We didn't uh, didn't block very well. Uh, unfortunately, the, the two games we played against them this year, when we possessions where we achieved a first down, about our uh, scoring percentage was uh, up around 75. Uh, most of the other drives are three and outs. So, too too much inconsistency against these guys. You have to start uh, better against them. Both games we played them, we went three and out in the opening possession, and uh, that obviously came back to uh, to hurt us. Take us through the fourth down play where you have the completion to Randall. Uh, you guys awfully good on fourth down. You had a nice completion to him on second down too, but take us through that play, uh, Houdini. I'm not sure what happened. I just opened my eyes, and there was a lane to the right. No, I actually saw the replay, and sometimes the replay helps you remember certain thoughts that might have popped in your head at that instant. Uh, I was trying to get the ball to the tight end, but at one point there were three guys in a close uh, proximity. Uh, I, I believe that um, you know John and I weren't on the same page uh, on, on that route. I thought he was running a, a route out to the left, and he was over the ball. So I initially tried to get it to him. Then two guys were crossed in the middle, um, and I was somebody grabbed a hold of me, and I was trying to get my arm out of it. The ball kind of comes up uh, weirdly by my head as I'm trying to. Uh, I thought if I was going to the ground, I at least had to get the ball in the air because it was fourth down. Uh, and then right as the, I'm bringing my arm forward, I feel I felt I kind of got released as Dietrich uh, continues to block, and I believe Donnie continued to block. And then as I got released, my, I gained my momentum and my balance and was able to slide to my right somehow and saw Randall put his hand up and tried to get the ball uh, in a good spot to him. That was wild. Um, you had another kind of improvisational play where you backhanded the ball to Kuhn, but I'm going to give you a few choices about your buddy Kuhn. You can talk about that play. Uh, you can talk about the touchdown dive or what happens afterward. Where he uh, his his Lambo leap. I know you like to criticize yourself for your Lambo leap failings, but that one was uh, epic failure. I that think. was the worst since Mark Tauscher chose the uh, the low wall there after uh, the touchdown pass to, to get called back on Gray Rugemer's holding. Uh, it was pretty bad. He uh, obviously was 
but not laughing about it after the game, but uh, yesterday saw him, and as the clip started to circulate amongst the uh, group text between the line, myself and uh, Kuhn, uh, John was uh, uh, walking backwards a little bit, talking about how he got uh, intentionally tripped by the uh, the cord guy for the camera, and. Uh, he did not look pleased. It looked like and he they, said something he said to a camera still, guy. I think, I think this is what happened in my, in my mind. He's excited about the touchdown. He runs over there. He's, he's you know, gathering himself, which all of us uh, uh, not super athletic white guys have to do. We have to kind of uh, measure our steps and make sure we get the perfect jump. Uh, been there, done that. Uh, not as bad as John, but uh, then he got kind of grabbed right at the last minute, and uh, it was the point of extreme embarrassment. Uh, thereafter, the the fans were still saying, "Come on, come on, jump up here, John!" And I think he was so embarrassed and also mad that uh, everybody had seen him, and they were still calling him to go up there. He just kind of gave him the the high five thing and and hoped that nobody saw that, which of course everybody saw that and uh, has been passing that around as we uh, start to find some sort of uh, joy in the end of the season. A lot of uh, a lot of fullbacks in this league are a little bit obsolete. Um, he's pretty important to what you do. He's a free agent, too. You'd like to see him back, I presume. Great player, great teammate. Nobody I trust more on the field than John. He's uh, an exceptional guy. I love playing with him and uh, would be really sad uh, if we weren't uh, able to walk out of that tunnel as we do in uh, in group two there uh, as the uh, the skilled guys come out of the locker room for pregame warm-ups uh, John and I have walked next to each other for the last uh, six, seven years, and um, he's always been somebody I can really count on on the field, and uh, he's just uh, a great football player. Last uh, last thing for Inside the Helmet before we get to your Ask Aaron questions. Um, is there a, I assume the touchdown to Randall is the best play. Uh, is there a second best play for you that, that you'll really recall, and is there a play, I don't know, maybe the play where you break your collarbone that, that you look back on as, the worst play, and is there a best moment and a worst moment for you as well? You know, one of my favorite plays was the uh, kind of the uh, the throw I hit Jordy behind the Greenway in Minnesota because anytime you can uh, kind of see something happen before it happens and be able to play out what you've been visualizing uh, during the week um, and, and really in that moment, it's, it's pretty special. So to be able to see that pressure coming and see Chad cross-trap from the backside and throw it behind his head to Jordy who breaks for a touchdown, that's one of those just fun football plays that you feel uh, proud about your preparation and glad that you, uh, you do things the way you do them. Uh, you know, worst play, uh, I didn't have any uh, really, really stupid plays. I had some bad ones for sure <laughs> plenty of them uh attempting to block has been a point of uh embarrassment for me over the years uh my attempted block in chicago was uh was definitely a low point that i tried to play off very quickly uh but uh yeah obviously the the broken collarbone was a was a frustrating play and probably the worst play of the season Let's, uh, let's get to the Ask Aaron questions. I had about 20 people ask this. When is the return to Twitter? I haven't decided yet. It's either after the Super Bowl or pretty soon. Okay. Uh, there's a, you know, I'm not a big proponent of parody accounts, but there is a not Aaron Rodgers parody. I don't know if you saw this, um, but the person who's behind it, 
has raised ten thousand dollars for the Mac Fund. So not you know, I, it's not me. I it's not you. <laughs> I know you. I thought maybe you went through withdrawals and you were uh, oh, no. you had set that up. No, I haven't. But that's incredible to whoever that person is. Uh, big congratulations. Big, I mean, applause for you. That's unbelievable. We appreciated the Mac Fund. Myself, you, Jason, it means a lot to both of us. Um, I have seen some of the tweets from that person. They are pretty comical from time to time. Uh, I don't take myself too seriously, so continue on. Incredible work you're doing. Uh, God bless you, and, and uh, we really appreciate it. Let's get to uh, some of the questions. Mark, you, you touched on this a little bit. Uh, he's got a little bit of a twist on it. He says, with the long off season ahead, what will your workout goals be for this year, and do they change because of the injury in any way? No, they don't change. It's uh, it's just continuation of some of the stuff I've been doing the last few years. I felt it really last off season uh, that it was just a tad bit more difficult to uh, – I had to work just a little bit harder to get in the kind of shape I wanted to be in. So it's going to be building off of the, the gains I made last year, um, eating right. That's for anybody out there, Jason, yourself included. Especially. <laughs> you know, when, when you eat right, uh, you, you not only have more energy and you feel better, but uh, but that's the biggest way to, to get in the kind of shape you want. So when you pair that with a good workout program, um, you know, I'm going to be doing that. Also focusing on a couple other areas, flexibility being one of them. Uh, so might run into you at the at the yoga spot. Cold yoga? No, it doesn't have to be. Medium yoga. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the, you continue the diet, get in really, really good shape, and then uh, flexibility. Crystal says, James Jones was jokingly asked this week if he would go back to the Jordy Nelson family farm, and he said that he would never, ever want to. Now, Jordy says you visited the farm last summer. Yes. Uh, did you enjoy the farm experience, and did you get the opportunity to artificially inseminate a cow? Apparently that's something that gets done on the uh, farm if yeah, you Yeah, I would not have done that even if I was uh, given the opportunity. That's uh, not something that sounds uh, appealing to me. So uh, I would go back to the uh, to the farm and to Nelson's Landing uh, for one main reason. Jordy Nelson's grandmother's pies. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's part of the 20% that you allow with your 80-20 healthy eating? Yes. Good, yeah, good pull there. Yes. Yeah. But the pies, woo. <laughs> Jordy's sister makes some good pies uh, as well. But uh, So you better not spend a whole lot of time there if you're focused on your yeah, diet. But, you know, one piece of pie a day or two. Or two. Yeah. Uh, Abby says, were you mic'd up at all this year? That's a topic we've talked about a bunch on this show. And when you are mic'd up, does it cause you to change the way you act on the sideline, or do you act like you normally would? I can't help it. It changes the way you act. I'm not a big fan of it. I think there's too much access already. Um, I think it's, uh, it's a way to get a competitive advantage. I can't. I, I can't stand when these camera guys like Sunday they run on the field with you. I think that's way too much. The field should be for players, and referees, and training, or support staff. The the trainer, the trainers only. Get you realize there. you're never going to win this argument. I know, but uh, I don't think running a guy running alongside me is is really giving them an extra shot. Can't they have a guy in the end zone just zoom in on me on the way out as I'm running out to the field for the for the drive, I think that's just it's too much. And it goes back to the Super Bowl. So, The next uh, question comes from Wes, who apparently is writing a story for the Press Gazette and 
needs your help with it. So his question is, what were your thoughts on all the quarterbacks that came through here this year after 20 years of just three starters, uh, and how did Seneca and Scott and certainly Matt Flynn uh, do with no offensive or no offseason program in the actual system? Well, it's, you know, I think it's remarkable what they did uh, to come in here and, uh, you know, to, to grasp the system and, and make some plays the way they did. Yeah, I had the opportunity as a young player to come in and, and for three years go through the offseason program and learn uh, learn the offense, learn about defenses, uh, just take it at a nice slow pace. Uh, these guys were kind of thrust into it. And, um, you know, Scott showed incredible work ethic, uh as he would spend a lot of extra time working on things uh, after practice, after meetings, uh, he has the the right uh, type of work ethic to be a successful player in this league. Uh, Matt obviously learned it uh, as a young player what he needed to do to get uh, to get ready to play and be successful, and he feels very comfortable in this offense. Uh, so it was no surprise to me that he was able to come in and make a lot of plays. But uh, it was, it, like I said, it was a great quarterback room. Each of those guys. Uh, you know, I, I share a good friendship with uh, Seneca. It was a blast having a, another junior college guy in there with me, and uh, you know, definitely hurt for him uh, with his with his injury there. But it was great to get to know him and his wife and Scott coming in, uh, taking some ribbing with some of the nicknames and some of the the funny things that uh, Matt mostly would say to him, uh, but me every now and then. And then Matt and I obviously have been uh, uh, real close since he was here. Uh, the first time, and it's been fun to see him now, a married man, and, um, you know, back with us uh, after being at a couple of different places, and we had just had a blast together. Hoping to have those two guys with you next year. Would that be that'd the be ideal? Great. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, Dan says, uh, please ask this for my seven-year-old son. He would like to know if Aaron wears his own jersey or other Packers apparel around the house, and if not, what who's, who's or what do you wear? I've been fortunate enough over the years to uh, to get some of my own uh, memorabilia. It's some of my favorite uh, favorite ones, uh, the Kings, Sacramento Kings. I'm a big Kings fan. They sent me out a jersey that says 12 on the back. The Bucks have sent me multiple jerseys with my with my number on them. But uh, yeah, I have a lot of uh, a lot of amazing amazing jerseys uh, that I like to wear from time to time, uh, whether it's. Uh, you know, it's a Karan Butler jersey or a, or a Zaza Pachulia jersey now. Um, I'm still looking for an old uh, Vladi Divox jersey. Uh, that would be kind of the, uh, the my prized possession. But uh, I do enjoy wearing some uh, some sports jerseys. Papa has the best collection. He's got like a Michael Cooper and a Olawa Candy from the Clippers and some different <laughs> Michael different ones. Yeah, but uh, I'm still. Uh, I'm still trying to add to the collection, but I only wear those when I'm uh, playing video games. So, Vladi, what era jersey are you looking for? I'm looking there? circa 01 to 03 Sacramento Kings. Okay. Uh, Brian, Vladi Daddy. I, I know you. Yeah. I, I was wondering if you would give it. That's almost like the double up. It's kind of catchy. Thanks. Um, Brian says, will you be uh, doing any playoff or Super Bowl television pre- or post-game this year like you did for the Super Bowl a few years back? I don't know who's doing the game, but if it's NBC, Fox. possibly, probably not Fox. No. Okay. A uh, couple of questions about last night's BCS championship game. Carol asked, because you were a fan of the Seminoles, mm-hmm. uh, she listens to the show regularly, so kudos to her. Uh, what were you thinking of last night uh, when the Seminoles won the championship? And then Marcus says, now that the BCS is history, what are your thoughts on the new four-team playoff? 
how would you determine a champion? Big Seminole fan growing up. I love watching uh, Charlie Ward and Peter Work and Bulware and Wadsworth and Work Dunn and uh, all the great players they had over the years. Uh, remember uh, a lot of incredible games great game last night uh you know two uh two great uh, heisman front runners with uh, uh the back for auburn and obviously the florida state quarterback um you know back and forth game a lot of big plays it was fun to watch i think the bcs is an absolute joke though always have um and and the fact that they think they've rectified it now with four teams is uh it's kind of a joke to me as well um, how many you need Sixteen at least. Okay. You got to you got to be able to include uh, some, you know, some mid-major esque teams, some non-qualifying conference teams that uh, that can go undefeated or or only lose one game. They should have a chance to be in the mix. Uh, you should have conference champions and uh, and a handful of other schools. Every, I mean, you had the Division One AA doing it, two and three. Uh, the, obviously, the March Madness, which is the best time of the sports year, other than the the Super Bowl run. Um, there's no reason he shouldn't have uh, a multiple-team playoff, and now there's going to be more controversy with who's picking these four teams. and uh, It's just the ongoing uh, joke that everybody's laughing about. Not everybody's laughing. Except for the people making all that money in the NCAA. Right. The uh, next question comes from Beth. Will you be seeing Brett Favre this offseason? Yes, we're going to present again. You are? No, I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> we had breaking news there. Possibly. Okay. Is did his uh, fantasy football team recover from not probably, having? Yeah, him? they probably had a rough year. <laughs> Sorry uh, to my other owners out there as well, but uh, I think I've given you some good years. So hopefully, I win back your trust next year. Brian says, if you could read a book or watch a film about any one of your teammates or fellow Packers members, who would it be? Whew. You got a lot of books to read, but if there was a biography out there about one of your about current, a current player, man, there's so many, just so many unbelievable ones. You know what? I'm going to have to go with the former player. Okay, you're entitled because this guy deserves a reality show. And anybody who follows him on Twitter, especially this morning, as I checked a couple of the, I know where you're the, going. The tweets: Brady Papinga is one of the most interesting human beings I've ever been around. Uh, he's highly intelligent. He's bilingual, at least. He uh, loves to uh, speak and sing in Spanish. And uh, he is uh, a very fascinating individual who uh, I would love to read a book about. I would love even more a reality show about uh, Brady, his lovely wife, Brooke, and their family. Jeff says, uh, Rick Flair gave the 49ers a pep talk. If you could pick one person to give your team a pep talk, who would it be? Oh, man. Not Ric Flair, who yeah. apparently did not like uh, Green the the the, uh, the Green Bay Fox Cities. I don't know how Ric Flair felt about them, but uh, Anthony Davis from the 49ers, not a big fan of our area, called it a less than positive name. And he is from San Francisco. Uh, he plays he for plays San, Francisco. San Francisco. He's yeah. from Piscataway, New Jersey. Enough said. Uh, <laughs> What was the question? Who do you want to? Uh, who, who's giving a pep talk? Chris Heron. Yeah, you. you yeah, you really thought very highly of him. Yeah. I remember you saying that. Uh, Zach says, "Do you have any plans to watch the Winter Olympics? Do you have a favorite event? Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme. Get up! It's bobsled time. Get on up. Get on it's up. Bobsled time. What is that? It's what from are... Cool Runnings. Oh, okay. 
<laughs> yes. Love the Olympics. Uh, love them more when it's not tape delayed so bad that you already know the results. Uh, but um, always enjoy the coverage. Sochi is uh, incredible this time of year, I hear. Um, and I'm going to be there. all about the bobsled. Let's go, USA. Johnny Quinn. Is former, Johnny Quinn in it? Former Green Bay Packer, former Saskatchewan Rough Rider, former North Texas Green Wave, I believe. Trains at MJP down in Dallas. Give him some bio there. Also started the Athletes Watch. He is ripped out of his mind, cleaning like 400 pounds and running crazy fast, and like 2% body fat. And he is on the bobsled team. And USA at their last, the last big event went 1-2-3. In the uh, two-man bobsled, the first time it's ever been done at the, at the, during their season. And this is an Olympic year coming up, so proud of Johnny, rooting him on hard in the two- and four-man. You guys have been friends for a long time. Yep. Uh, the last two, first one goes to Michael. Uh, Aaron, unfortunately, with your newfound time over the offseason coming early, what new TV series will you be watching? Do you have any that you need to catch up on, on Netflix or new ones that are... I don't have Netflix. I'm I, one of I don't the either. few people probably that doesn't, but uh, there are a few I need to catch up on. Um, but nothing has really grabbed my attention, so I'm going to go with the, the oldies uh, and still the best, obviously, Jeopardy. I look forward to uh, dominating anyone who's at the house at... Uh, at Jeopardy time. You know, it's weird in California. They actually play the Wheel of Fortune first, and then Jeopardy out here. It's Jeopardy at 6, and then Wheel of Fortune at 6.30. Great shows. It's fun to watch them back-to-back, especially if you kind of dominate somebody who's watching it with you, and then they feel a little bit better when it's Wheel of Fortune. It's a little bit easier to you know, chime in quickly when they're not uh, all, uh, you know, crazy English literature from the 1740s uh, questions, which I wouldn't be good at anyway. But uh, yeah, Jeopardy, and then uh, Price is Right get to watch that in the big on the now. game shows I, yeah, I like the, the old game okay. shows. i'm a big bob barker rod roddy fan but uh i think uh, drew does a great job those were the days the final question uh for ask aaron we will have a show after the super bowl uh but the final one for our semi-season finale goes to quigley and quigley says quigs i traveled to the game in dallas a few weeks back and totally geeked out and was very undued when i briefly met you i went totally blank and of all the things in the world I could have asked you, I blurted out, Aaron Rodgers, you like the movie The Big Lebowski, right? <laughs> Do you remember this incident? Uh, it's coming to mind. Uh, you laughed and said, yes, I do. And then I replied, I also like that movie. Uh, not exactly the most intelligent question I could have come up with for my all-time favorite athlete. So now that I have this do-over, I can again ask you any question in the world. <laughs> What is your favorite line from The Big Lebowski? <laughs> Very undude. There's so many incredible lines from that movie, but I'm going to start by saying, Quiggs, can I call you Quiggs? Yes. Uh, don't worry about the interaction. I've had uh, numerous that have been far more awkward for both parties involved than that one. Uh, that was uh, not bad at all. It's a lot better than uh, someone just coming over and not being able to get anything out or, or just staring. So don't worry about that at all. And I myself have geeked out a lot worse than that to people that uh, that I'm big fans of. So, Quiggs, you're, it's all good, buddy. Favorite line from the movie? Uh, 
I don't even. It's hard to even pick one. I love the interaction with uh, the Jesus at the at the bowling alley when they're talking about uh, you know how he's such a he's a creep. Uh, I love when uh, when they're outside and the nihilists are, start, are trying to attack them. Uh, I love the uh, the interaction at the house when they're trying to uh, figure out uh, where Larry uh, put the money. But uh, probably the interaction in in the car, the back and forth after they've gone to Larry's house and um, broken the car, and they're and they're and they're trying to. I can't even get this out. I mean, this is the most incredible movie that Papa's ever seen. One of my top five. Not above the Princess Bride, though. Not above the Princess Bride. I love I love them talking about in and out so I'm going to go with the, the in and out uh, back and forth dialogue when they tell him to shut up. You know, but obviously the end of the movie when when Walter is, is talking about uh, uh, putting Donnie's ashes out to the... To the, to the bosom of the Pacific Ocean, and he talks about Vietnam. It's a great movie, and I'm just rambling right now. You are. I can't pick out. It's not one of movie I can really line for line because I don't want to get embarrassed if Papa sees this at some point or some other big fan of the Big Lebowski and corrects me. Well, you don't want Say to be what like you want quickly. about the tenets of socialism, Lisa Sinitas. That will do there it go. for the semi-season finale, our last show the in person. The, yeah, I Is guess. that right? I, I mean, I, I don't know. When we talk to you on the phone, you usually are a little bit rushed. So yes. we'll, uh, I don't know how long we'll go on our final uh, show. So we'll call this our quasi-season finale. Uh, certainly the last one in person. And, and we certainly thank you. I thank you. Uh, and I'm sure everyone who listens because you... Uh, you sure give us a lot of your time and, more importantly, a lot of insight that I don't think you can get anywhere else. So we appreciate you doing that. For us, we will be back in a few weeks. We will catch up with you from Parts Unknown. This has been the Aaron Rodgers Show.